Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. What's up, guys? Welcome to Strathers Wars. I am Eric Strathers, and I do love Steel Wars. And in each episode, I find a Patreon supporter to talk about it with. In this episode, I talked to Darren Lutchner. Darren has been to several Steel Wars live events, and a couple of the episodes that he picked for this episode of Strathers Wars, he was actually in attendance for, which makes it either really cool or, or kind of selfish. Come on, Darren. I'm just kidding. But seriously, this is a good one. He goes all the way back to the beginning, the very beginnings of Steel Wars. Let's check it out. So, Darren, I really do appreciate you doing this. These are a lot of fun, man, and you pick some great episodes. Yeah, thanks, Eric. So, let's just tear into it. Steele always asks this same question to all of his guests, and I've been trying to ask everybody this, too. What Have you always been into Star Wars? What's, like, your first Star Wars memory? Yeah, sure. Well, I, I'm uh, a little bit older, I guess, without giving too much away. I'm a little bit older than than a lot of people in, in the Steel Wars group. Um, so my first memory goes way back to, well, what was, what became A New Hope um, in 1977, late 77. Um, so I remember going to the cinema to see that movie of a Star Wars. Uh, and it was quite uh, mind-boggling, actually, because, you know, in those days there were the, – the only – you didn't have the Marvel uh, movies. You had things like the original uh, Superman movie was was out. Those sort of movies were there. Uh, and 2001 A Space Odyssey was, you know, years before. But that, that was sort of all you had with science fiction movies. So this sort of science fiction fantasy movie was, was – blew everybody away and blew me away as well. Um, I was about 11 years old when that came out. And I, I have this memory of coming back and – singing the cantina band song um when it when we came out from there and thought wow that's that's an amazing and um I, I went to a friend of mine's teenage friend of mine and um i was amazed we i came into his house and he'd built a millennium falcon out of cardboard now it wasn't the shape of a millennium falcon it was more <laughs> uh more about our imagination of what it was but i i remember going in and um going in and he had a gunner a couple of boxes and you you slid into there and you were became the gunner and 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 that sort of and you know it was 99% imagination but gee that was a, a lot of fun flying around his living room in his cardboard box so that was really exciting the, the movie was amazing and and it was on on the big screen in the city so uh, that was they, they were pretty exciting times and, and we didn't know there was going to be anything after i mean who knew what other movie was gonna there was no it was just one movie and it was pretty uh, pretty amazing and uh seeing some toys might have come out in those days as well so uh, that was my memory of the first memory there that's awesome man i saw star wars also in the theater now it may not have been in the very initial release because you know it came out in may and then they re-released it and then they re-released it and but but yeah, I remember seeing it, and I remember like the 
it was on the news constantly because it was something that nobody had ever accomplished this sort of thing with a movie before. And and yeah, I remember getting just a very few of the toys and not knowing that there was going to be another one. I was amazed also uh, when some years later, I think it was um, when the making came out and how they filmed the trench run there just by miniatures. And I'm thinking, my goodness, that's the amount of work that goes into those miniatures and the camera and they make it look so real, uh, you know, and the, obviously there was no CGI in those days. It's just the amount of work that go that would have gone into that one as well was just mind boggling. Oh, yeah. It, because, like, to me, I had no doubt that it was all 100% real. At least, you know what I mean. I knew it wasn't real, but it, it was real. It didn't look fake at all. And seeing those scenes where they, you know, they've got all the models uh, across a sheet of plywood on sawhorses and they're driving a truck towards it, blowing it up as they go. It's And, and to know how that turned out on the screen and how it felt for me when I was a kid, man, I was hooked instantly. My my friend also had a um uh a Darth Vader um helmet and um you know the two piece that you put together as well I remember that and thinking my God you know that's we used to play games in that and it was a lot of fun doing that in the in the Darth Vader but you couldn't do the heavy breathing and the talking at the same time we needed some kind of <laughs> modulator to do that. <laughs> oh man, yeah, I can't believe the way the toys are now and the. the the price points they're at the, the Poe Dameron helmet, for example, I just saw one on clearance for man, 35, $40. Mm. And the technology that's in there is, is pretty neat. <laughs> yeah. Even still, I'm like, I don't think I can justify spending that money. I mean, cause I have a melon sized head too. I bet it wouldn't even fit on me. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I always think about, you know, your, your wife and, you know, would she, <laughs> Be happy for that to come back as well. <laughs> oh man, she <laughs> she takes a look around in my office when I brought home the gigantic The Last Jedi stand ups from the Omnimax Theater. I think she was like, "Yeah, this might be my line. Might be the limit." I heard your interview with her. It was fantastic. Your interview with your wife. That oh, was, thanks. She was so was, much fun, man. I wish she would. Great. Hopefully, I can have her do another one. <laughs> I like it. And I like when Steele has his wife in as well. I just like the wives, you know. Oh, yeah. Um, view. My, my, my family. So I said to my family, I'm doing this today. And, he, and and she said, so you're doing a podcast about a podcast about a movie, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm saying, you've got a spot on. That's exactly right. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, when you say it out loud like that, it does sound kind of crazy. But... <laughs> anyway, so speaking of the podcast, I noticed that one of the episodes you picked was episode one of Steel Wars. What? When did you first get into Steel Wars? Um, from the beginning. So I um, uh, followed Steel through the Green Guy letters when he started that, and I think a lot of people did the similar sort of way. Um, and uh, yeah, was was following that, and he said one day he was doing a Star Wars podcast, and I thought, oh, I'll give that a go. That sounds fun. Steel is always fun to listen to and um, and just sort of hooked from there. And it, I think like everybody else, I sort of grew up, the, the regrew the Star Wars fascination and the the, the love of it again um, through his podcast, basically, um, and going through that. So the, the episode one, so I, I did – 
I did pick episode one as um, as one of the ones I'd like to talk about. Not, I guess not so much because it's my favourite, but what I'd like to do is I always love to see the progression of how things like podcasts go through. So with podcasts, the first one at the beginning, um, Steele had his friend Danny, comedy friend Danny McGinley on, and uh, it was quite funny. Danny McGinley talks about how he thinks he's, you know, Dajar Binks as the first podcast. Hey you guys, welcome to the very first episode of This Is Not The Podcast You're Looking oh, no, For. this is episode one. This is episode oh, this one. Is gonna be <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I'm on the first episode and I'm not going to be into it. I'm Jar Jar! <laughs> you are Jar Jar. Oh no, I felt all honoured that you were bringing me on the first episode. This is the first episode of This Is Not The Podcast You Are Looking For. I am Steel Saunders, and I do love Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, a pretty light-hearted chat about Star Wars, what we're going for here. This is the first episode. And let us bring on our first guest, who could not be contained with the gold he had prepared. <laughs> Please welcome our first guest, uh, fellow comedian, a great friend, Danny McGinley. Hey, Steele. Hello, all our fellow Star Wars fans. That actually wasn't the point I was going to make. I, I, I told Steele before the thing, I said, let me make a point early on. Something I thought about this morning. With the new Star Wars, it's owned by Disney, so it's not going to begin with... It's going to be that star going over the castle. Yeah, I'm not but, sure how they're going to do that. They need that. That's when you, when you go to the midnight screenings, that's when everyone cheers. Yeah, it's part of the soundtrack, isn't it? Yeah. But you've still got the Lucasfilm, but the Lucasfilm logo sort of came up with the 20th Century Fox it was music the still first going. One you saw, I think, and then you saw the brum bum brum. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've got very fond memories of losing my shit to that logo. Oh, yes. Yeah. And, and, so you went to the midnight screenings of everything? Oh, of course. Yeah. So of even the special editions Ooh. in 1997? Yeah. I, I was so. Um, I lived in Rosebud back then. Yeah. And so we had to drive to the city to see them at midnight. On Burke Street? Yeah. I was there. Oh, nice. Hey. For, the, for the fan club ones. Yeah. 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 So, um, yeah, we had to drive like an hour and a half. And then, oh, God. And then, and then get home at, you know, like. Four in the morning. Oh man! Uh, in fact, for, I for a movie you'd seen how many times? <laughs> a, a couple. But now Jabba was wiggling in this one, oh, so yeah, it, was, it was worth it. Was I remember it was. I had this old HR Premier car, an old Holden, right? You know, from like nineteen sixty six, and it was highly stickered with lots of skateboard stickers and stuff. So it was a bit of a target for police. Yeah, and. We'd driven up to Melbourne to see the premiere and then we all drove back. And the premiere of a New Hope special edition. Yeah. And so we would have got home maybe, it would have been three or four in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to, because I had a deal with the cinema to get some of the posters and stuff. Oh, right. So I, and I got this massive cardboard cutout and stuff because I went in a year in advance well done. Hang on, they wouldn't have given it to you that night, surely. No. They still had to promote it for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, so, or they wouldn't have given it to me at four in the morning. Well, yeah, that's that. Okay, well. that's why we have to hear the, the rest of the story. Sorry, Doc. So, I'd gone in there a year in advance and said, hey, they're re-releasing the Star Wars films, and I really love Star Wars. 
can I put my name down and I'm happy to pay, but for the promotional material, like, so, you know, one of each poster and if there's a cardboard cutout and they're like, no, that's Star Trek. It's coming out in... <laughs> oh, that's right. Star Trek First Contact yeah, is coming out in yeah, November 96. And they're like, no, you're confused. And I'm like, I'm not. Um, but just so I am confused, how about if Star Wars does come out next year, <laughs> we make a deal that I can buy all the stuff. I've got first dibs to buy stuff off you. And they're like, oh, okay, we'll make that deal. And then didn't I waltz in like an arrogant young nerd so what, bastard? They, they wrote your name down. But I, I like it that, it, you know, this was called This Is Not The Podcast You're Looking For. So it wasn't Steel Wars in those days. Uh, it was a, a different name and uh, how it progressed from there and Steel trying to find his feet. And the in- interesting thing was he already knew where he wanted, what he wanted to do, that he wanted to talk to people every week who were interested in Star Wars. And that really hasn't changed a lot over the years. Uh, however, well, I guess what has changed is there's more to talk about because all they could talk about in that first episode was really about the originals and the prequels. Obviously, no other movie had come out since then. We knew it was um, coming, but there was nothing else to talk about and there was still a lot to talk about then and some of the theories they were talking about and what could be and what ha- what what was coming was, was really interesting in that first episode in those first few episodes. Yeah. I love the early episodes and it is cool. I mean, he was doing a great job right out of the gate, but to see how far it's come and his interviewing style is fantastic too. But that first episode is really good. I love Danny McGinley. He's, he's been on some live episodes that are probably some of my top favorites. The ones I've picked are a lot to do with the comedies. I, I guess I, I have a, a bit of a, a love for the, the comedy. You know, we just had the comedy festival here, and I have a bit of a love for the stand-up comedians and the, the comedy people there. So I, I picked a bit of that. I think um, I do enjoy the really the interviews he has with people who are really Star Wars fans. They're they're interesting, but sometimes it, you know I'm not a Rebels follower, so some of that sort of goes over my head, or I might skip one occasionally. Don't tell Steel, I skip some, but uh, sometimes. <laughs> Sometimes I skip and um, <laughs> when it's rebels. So, uh, I, but I do enjoy the lightheartedness, and I think that's what Steel was always trying to do: is not make this too heavy for. You know, there's many, many podcasts out there that can talk about the intricacies and the detail. Um, and this I always found interesting where it's for the average person, and you can pick and choose. You know, there are some that are that are more suited to other people. So, that's the sort of um, eclectic mix I picked here. Now, speaking of the comedy slant, the very next one on your list is episode 84 with Dilruk. How do you pronounce his last name? Dilruk Jaisinga. Jaisinga, okay. Uh, yeah, he's yeah. great, man. I love, I love every episode he's on. Tell me about that episode. What is it that sticks out to you? Okay, so this one, and, and man, hopefully, I really hope for you one day to get to a live episode. Uh, you know, I really, uh, you, you event, you know, you and really deserve to go to one. So I hope you get to one one day. So, you know, we're, we're a little spoiled here in that we've had an, quite a number of live episodes and, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't miss any of them because I appreciate how, how, you know, not important, but how, how privileged we are to have them. So this one's got a personal story to me, this one with Dilruk. The, so Dilruk was talking about, um, his, his Star Wars toys, I guess, that he, that he got. And one of them was a Darth Vader. They got and somehow this got this gets a bit little bit blue in this particular episode. So uh, apologies to anyone uh, who may not want to hear this bit. 
I've actually put him away. I think since my last move, I haven't pulled him out. Maybe I should get him out. I have Darth Vader. I have a uh, Optimus Prime <laughs> figurine. I have a Spider-Man that I brought. These are all I brought over. Oh, no, Transformers I bought here, but Spider-Man and stuff I brought. I felt like moving away from mum and dad, I needed something to comfort me in this okay, so big, big so, world of so Australia. So you're finally an adult. You can bring along all the Spider-Man figurines. So I appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> so in your bedroom, you've got a Darth Vader, a Spider-Man. And I have a black dildo as well. <laughs> It's very true. That's genuinely a true thing I have. I have a box when I moved house called Toys. And um, in the. Uh, no one expected this no. turn of the podcast. <laughs> strap in. Oh. No, it's, no, it's strap on. <laughs> uh, I wasn't expecting to talk about this either, but yeah, I. Um, um, no, I, I went to a fancy dress party, and no one's going to believe me. This is just for fancy dress, but it was just for fancy dress. And uh, the theme of the thing was um, uh, what was it? Carnival, Brazilian carnival, right? And all was the theme of the was the theme of the party. Awkward podcast stories. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was like, I need content for this one day. Um, no, it was actually Uniball. It was like a huge Uniball. There was like thousands of thousand people, a thousand students at it, and it was called Carnival. And all everyone was ripped and good looking, and so they dressed scantily and they had their shirts off. I'm like, I can't pull that look off. I'm a big dude. So what I did is I went as a Carnival pervert, and. Uh, <laughs> And no one wanted to pull that off. <laughs> Why this is a, an, a, a, a personal one for me is um, this live episode, I invited some friends of mine to come along to this episode, not knowing, obviously, you know, what was going to be talked about in this episode. And um, they obviously had some – he has a couple of sons, my friend. One of them, I think, at the time was about 13 or so. So uh, my friend brought along his 13 and 15 year old son, and um, <laughs> we got <laughs> Dilruk started talking about this dildo, and um, it was quite funny in that uh, not long after Dilruk saw my friend's son in the crowd and uh, got very embarrassed uh, that he brought this up with uh, <laughs> with a couple of teenage boys. Um, and so uh, my friend and his sons weren't too shocked, but uh, I haven't seen them come back to a live episode since. So I don't know if there's anything in, in that or not to be read into that, but uh, it was very funny and, and Dilruk was, was very apologetic after the show. Even he came up and apologised. He's such a lovely guy, but it was quite funny. That's something that with several of the people that I've interviewed for these episodes that – how many of you guys have been able to pick an episode that you were at? And I, I am totally jealous of that. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, yeah. Oh, I wish I could get you to see one, a live one. Um, even I believe Emily has, has gotten to one in New York. So hopefully one day Steele will get down to your, get enough fans to get down to your end of the, of the world. I'm actually going to the one, the post solo. Is that in Los Angeles? Yeah. Yeah. So I had talked to my wife about it and she, you know, I said, what if we all went out there, the whole family? And she's like, yeah, that's not really economically something we should do. But she said, don't let that stop you. You should go. Ah, uh, that's fantastic. That's, that's, yeah. I was, I was really happy when Emily got to see her, but yeah, you're the other one I think that really desperately needs to get to a live episode. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to it. You know, and Hawes is going to be out there. Hawes Burkhardt, I got to hang out yeah, with him at yeah. Celebration. It's going to be fun, man. It's really cool. But uh, but anyway, yeah, yeah. 
So one of the episodes you picked here, I think, is going to pop up in these episodes a lot. And that's episode 163, the Mendo episode. So tell me about that, man. What is it about that one? I mean, everybody loves it, but I think everybody loves it for slightly different reasons. What's your take on it? Yeah, um, exactly. So um, obviously the, the similar reasons to other people about getting Mendo was just uh, phenomenal, I guess, when... Steele did the um, live Force Awakens uh, episode, and he got the little letter from the goal, from Mendo, a congratulations or something. Um, ever since then, it's been, you know, come on, man, you've got to get Mendo on your podcast, and it's been you know, a couple of years and just waiting, waiting, waiting for that to happen. And you know, it was fantastic to see that it it came to fruition, um, and and sort of hearing Steele's excitement on this one, and uh, excitement of everybody else online too. Everybody was thrilled to to. To, to have to listen to this and be be involved in this. Um, but my specific spin on this is, uh, so Ben Mendelsohn um, grew up, lived and grew up in Melbourne where I live, and uh, he's pretty similar to my age bracket. So his memory of um, seeing Star Wars, the original one, uh, in the streets of Melbourne are very similar to mine, right? When Because I went into the streets, you know, the cinemas in Melbourne and the main streets there and probably saw – the same cinemas he was talking about in what they call Burke Street, and I remember those cinemas as well, and seeing them. So he brought you know some flashbacks of of those for me of being. I mean, we might have very well have crossed paths around the streets there at some stage over those periods. Obviously, we were both you know young teenagers, so um, we were you know not not knowing what was going to come for either of us. Alrighty, alrighty. What is your first memory of Star Wars? Um. I think it was Burke's um, – no, it was Swanston Street at that time where it was on, um, you know, first – when it first came out. And the just the, the ship going overhead and the noise. Boom, there it is. You know, 19 – whatever it was, 77, December of – and it ran forever in Melbourne. It ran forever. And there was a little cinema that's gone now on the other side of uh, Swanston Street where you could go and see it. And what instantly like captured you? Was it just that shot at oh, the, the start? The, the, the sound, the sound, yeah, the sound alone. But you're in from the first. I mean, you're in from the first. Got to remember at that time, um, there really was nothing like it, and nothing like it for kids, certainly. Um, yeah, I mean, it was just straight in. I mean, you fall in love with Princess Leia straight away. You're interested in the droids. Um, you feel Vader and then you want to be Luke, you know. I mean, it's it's just, it's you're in. I mean, you're just straight in. So you've got that distinctive memory of the ship coming over. Yeah. What is it like in retrospect to find out that chase, it's all your fault? I wouldn't say it's my fault. I, I would say it's their fault in, you know, with the advancing of years and the, the deepening of understanding. I mean, you know, I, look, I say anyone can be a rebel. It's, I mean, anyone can be a rebel. It takes effort and consistency and, um, you know, you've got to actually do something to be a part of the empire. So uh, I refute that idea. All right, I've been refuted on the podcast. <laughs> it won't be the last time. Certainly wasn't the first. 
that was really interesting to hear those guys. And now he's a you know massive Hollywood actor, and to hear that sort of brings home some home stories there. And he's for for such a nasty act, such a nasty characters he plays. He's a very humble, and um, you know such a great film ambassador, Australian film ambassador. He was talking about some of the Aussie actors there that, you know, just he's waving the flag there, which is great. So, and, and that celebration story of his was just really great to hear as well. So his whole attitude is just, is just fantastic. I'd had no idea for one, that he was actually a big star Wars fan himself. And I always find stories like that cool because there's always a part of you that thinks that, oh, man, I hope these these actors... Because you hear about how, like, uh, Alec Guinness hated the movies. He <laughs> thought they were stupid. And to find out that somebody who actually did like the movies ends up being in them and that that in and of itself was special just because of their own fandom. But, yeah, man, listening to him, he was just – he was so cool. And him, you know, kind of scatting the cantina theme and being able to turn that into part of the theme, <laughs> that was that was gold, too. Yeah. I remember whenever Steele told me that Mendo was going to be on because he was like, hey, can you can you do this, this, and this ahead of time with, you know, with, like, the, the little sizzle theme and all that. And oh, yeah. I, but so it's like I couldn't tell anybody. I was dying. It's like, oh, I just want to. Oh, so I played dumb. Like I had no idea whenever he announced it. Yeah, he sort of sizzled. Yeah, the sizzle bits were sort of people sort of knew what was coming a bit. Um, Not exactly, but they, you know, he sizzled it a bit that someone was coming, coming, someone big was coming along. So um, we sort of knew something was coming. But yeah, that was, there was quite a lot of secrecy there, I'm sure. Yeah. That's a hard thing to organise. I mean, this guy's a famous actor. I mean, I, how, you know, how do you get someone in your living room of that sort of calibre just to turn up in your living room and go, I have this little podcast and just, you know, I mean, it just free, it just blows my mind. It is pretty wild because so much could have gone wrong. For, you know, for one, it's like, ah, something came up and forget it, not doing it. it then it would be just like that story of, when Steele almost got to talk to Mark Hamill. We're the yeah. so close, but so far. But yeah, the fact that he went in there and did it and was so cool about it. And I do, I totally got the vibe that he was impressed by what Steele was doing with the show, that it was way more pro than what he thought it would be. It's a good Yeah, thing, exactly. Man. Yeah, well done. I mean, look, it's that progression again, isn't it? It's that progression of starting with that Danny McGinley, that first episode, and you, you know, you couldn't do something like that episode 10. You have, you know, you have to get sort of 100 and 150 episodes out of your way to to get to that level, don't you? You, you can't just roll straight into that sort of that sort of level. You need you need all that experience. So I wonder if, like, when I get to episode 150 of Strathers Wars, if I'll be able to get Mendo, <laughs> get Mendo on and have him tell me his favorite Steel Horse moments. <laughs> That'd be pretty great, actually. I'd be too in yeah, awe yeah, yeah. of talking to him. Yeah. <laughs> I would just keep giving him things to say. Hey, say this. Can you say this? Because his, his voice is so great. There was a complete side note here, but there was a pretty cool thing that came out. He was doing a radio show. 
Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. And they basically, it was the whole thing of how he can make anything sound super evil. And it was the lyrics to I Just Can't Wait to Be King from The Lion King. Was that, did he do that in Australia? I think he, I haven't, anyway, I think I heard that one recently, but yeah, yeah, and, I think I heard. And they put on some like sinister music and he just went through the lyrics line by line and turned it into the scariest thing of all time. It's like, oh my gosh, that's <laughs> so good. So anyway, I'll, I'll talk about Mendo all day now. Um, oh man, this next one, episode 59 with, with Nick Mason. This is a good one. And <laughs> He's always he's great on the Green Guide letters too. But tell me about this one. So this one again, it's not specific to this one, uh, but I thought I'd pick this because the the section of the podcast that Steele has done is um, he asks his guests at the end to before the Force Awakens, he asks them to predict what they thought would happen or what they predict with the with the force awakens uh and i actually um i produced a podcast uh for steel that he released uh, some time ago where i collected all those interview questions about what people thought um of their prediction of the force awakens oh, a, a clip yeah. show if you like of that and um i put them all together in one episode and he released that episode but the piece that the individual one that i thought was the greatest one of the greatest um apart from ash williams one was this one which was um nick mason what are your hopes for the new film yeah and how important is the new film to you ah i think it is important uh, it, you know it is important yeah i think the original trilogy was an important part of my childhood right, let's rate it in yeah. okay so we've got films coming up yep you've got batman v superman dawn of justice that's number one really yep uh, because i i feel that we've never seen that before on the big screen so star wars is going to be good and i it, um batman vs superman and i think captain america civil war is they're coming out sort of very you know almost the same week i think and as a big Marvel guy, I'm still Batman v Superman is still going to be still going to be top because we've never seen that. Mm-hmm. We've seen that in the comic books like that, and we've seen it in you know cartoons. That's a that's a common matchup. I've seen it in the playground. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> Why would you pick Batman in the playground? So dumb. Um, <laughs> Superman's instructable. Anyway, um, but that's number one because we've never seen it on cellular before. But then below that, Star Wars, I think. So, yeah. but where's Civil War come? Uh, no, Civil War's below that because we've seen it's going to be. It's uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it's it's going to be Captain America versus Iron Man. Essentially, they've got two teams and they're going to sort of fight it out. But like we've sort of seen, like Marvel is all about, you know, two characters have a misunderstanding and they biff on for a bit and then it's over. So well, we've seen that. So who cares? Well, that was my problem in like the Avengers. Yep. Like, can't they just be a team for one movie? Nah, because the the Marvel is all about it's it, they're it's all families that don't get along. Like it's all like you 
traditionally speaking, DC is like they're superheroes first, and they're you know they're all friendly and etc. Mm-hmm. And Marvel is kind of we're dysfunctional families. We never get along. We're the Fantastic Four. We don't you know we're the X Men. We don't see eye to eye all the time, kind of thing. So it's none of the time. Yeah, <laughs> none of the time. Right. None. All right. And no more. This, this is happening to the comics because this is the thing because I don't read the comics, so yep. I don't know. But like, why so much? Mind control and oh, they had their minds. They were under a spell. Is this Age of Ultron? We're talking no about? more spells. All right, we'll stop with the spells. There's going to be more spells though, because Scarlet Witch is in the no nah, Captain Wrecker. Kill her, <laughs> kill, die. Why did kill one of them? They can't kill both. No, they should have kept runny fast guy. Oh yeah, and got rid of spell. He was so serious, and oh and- god. I did catch him on a call up call in show with Steel once and called him out on it and uh he 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 sort of uh, was was a bit humble about it but um it was quite funny uh, that he that he predicted this and um I I just sort of like to you know Nick's the sort of person I think that it's it's just good to nail him you know he does has a huge podcast called The Weekly Planet and um they they've been teased to say that they're you know Marvel and DC that's what they follow a lot on and uh, it was quite funny to to hear him hear him go through this and at the time I sort of thought well I'm not sure Batman vs Superman even if it was a good movie was going to be able to take the force awakens it might have taken you know it might have taken rogue one or if it was good or um even solo when it comes out but then to be able to take the the first star wars movie that has come out in many years is a big call <laughs> and he was right. pretty serious about it <laughs> yeah that was great man and i remember the the uh the highlight episode that you're talking about that you made so anybody listening to this check that thing out man because it's great to hear what people thought about what was going to happen because we had nothing to go by and the sky was the limit and that's that's what made it super exciting too so that was really good Mm. now let me ask you this what did you think was going to happen in the force awakens Oh, uh, that's a good question from my memory. Look, um, I obviously knew, we knew that the main characters were going to come back and we obviously didn't know anything about any any new characters. It, look, it was sort of the uh, the big unknown, I guess. There were so many room, you know, potential rumours and what have you of what was coming out. I, I guess I was sort of very open for it. I, I was really looking forward to the old characters coming back and um, I – I was really, I guess, I was very excited. I went, we went to my son and I went to the midnight screening at Steel's midnight screening, and um, my, I was amazed how excited I was, like a little kid again, uh, to see that. And when something like the Millennium Falcon comes on and stuff like that, it was just amazing to see. My, my predictions were just open to anything that would come, and just as long as it was a good movie. And obviously, we we got that. And uh, you know, I couldn't I couldn't have asked for anything more. I think from the Force Awakens, it was it was a great great movie to kick off with. I've found myself saying this quite a bit lately, but like with the solo movies. So, you know, that's a lot like The Force Awakens in that the sky's the limit. Who knows what's going to happen? And different than The Force Awakens, though, like I'm not adverse to any spoilers that might come out. But as far as speculation on my own of really trying to get in there and figure out what might happen, I don't, I I really try not to. I just want to see the movie. I want to experience it. Yeah. And that the force awakens was a great way to get into it. And I, I remember it so well. Cause we, you know, they here in the States, we'll have the movie 
is supposed to come out on a Friday and then they screen it on Thursday. And my friend Luke and I, we're, we've gone to all the movies since they've, you know, since the force awakens came out for the first, the first night. And I just, I just remember thinking, Oh my gosh, should, is it okay if we hold hands <laughs> when the Falcon was on the screen? I was like, hee hee. But, um, anyway, uh, so I, I, I'm, I'm worried. I guess I'm just concerned that excitement that the tarnish starts to come off, and it comes off when you've got things like solo movie and what have you. It just it's like you know you don't want to have too much of a good thing, right? Um, you know, it's like we want to eat the whole box of chocolates, but don't give it to us. It, it's just you know make us wait, make us make it better things like that i mean i'm i'm a bit of a doctor who fan as well it's like for a while it was like don't keep shoving it down our throat i'll keep watching them but you're just taking the the taint off what could be really good and and just sparingly give it to us now obviously all you know disney's a business and they need to make the money but uh you know if if they could just not continually shove it down our throat and i'm just a little concerned about all these different spin-offs and the additional movies that are going to come and it's just going to people will take them for granted and then you know it'll just who knows what will happen yeah that has been something for me where the thought of getting more than one movie a year i no thank you i want it to to remain this this thing to look forward to and sort of be hungry for yeah and I mean, I'm glad there's lots of stuff coming out. Believe me, I don't want to look a gift horse in the mouth, but it is, I don't want it to stop being fresh and amazing and exciting. I I would really like a real life TV series. I mean, with things like Star Trek Discovery and Westworld and those things, if they can make a good Star Wars um, TV series, it, it, that would be fantastic. I have a feeling that, that it is going to go pretty well on this streaming platform they've got. And I I don't know when their plan is to actually have like the first episodes of this thing come out, but I bet it'll be good. They've definitely got the money to pour into it. So, and the know-how, but, uh, (laughs) so let me jump on this next one here. I, I love this episode and (laughs) this is episode 87 with Cal and Digby Wilson and quote unquote George Lucas Digby <laughs> oh my gosh i i have listened to this episode so many times so <laughs> tell tell me about this one were you there at this show yes i was there at the show um look the real george lucas is the funniest guest that that steel has um he's just hilarious in um being able to to pull off some of the stories and he goes off on some weird direction of animals and things, which were very funny. Um, so I always loved to see him or hear him on, on the podcast, as you said. My cousin said to me, oh, have you seen Return of the Jedi's coming? And, you know, Han Solo, he gets out of the carbonite. And I was like, yeah, of course he does. And I had no idea. I had to go home and go, Mum, what's carbonite? Because what it sounds a bit like, you know, it could be a car. Like it could be a Holden carbonite or something. Like he could have just been locked in a car or in a wardrobe or something. Like, oh, no, he's in the carbonite wardrobe again. Like you don't know. You don't know how exciting it is that he's out of the carbonite. Well, originally he was going to stay in the carbonite for the whole movie. And uh, they were going to carry him around like Weekend at Bernie style. No, <laughs> no, 
And he would no, literally just, go, what do you think, Han Han? Like, like that. No, it was a lot ja- funnier. No, Jabba the Hutt was going to keep him on his wall, right? He was going to keep him on his wall, yep. Jabba the Hutt. Mm. Yep, you're going to have to be a bit more reality-based, I think, sorry, uh, George. Sorry. <laughs> Jabba the Hutt was going to eat Han Solo like a popsicle. No, he was not. Hey, I wrote Star Wars. <laughs> I wrote it. No, he did not. I did. That's the character I'm the playing re- right now. You're not the real George. <laughs> not the. Then who am I, Digby? <laughs> who am I? <laughs> Do you remember that story, The Emperor's New Clothes? This is kind of like The Empire's New Clothes. That Digby's just like, no, that's not true. No, you didn't do it. You're a beautiful George Lucas, George. Thank you so much. I'm I'm, I, <laughs> beautiful for George, George Lucas. Lucas. <laughs> Are you having flashbacks to his old Santa job? Yeah. <laughs> this was every kid would say that. You're not the real Santa Claus. Yeah. Well, fine. <laughs> yeah. I agree. This is getting pretty boring. <laughs> it is not getting boring, you. <laughs> I think I met an ev- enemy ever since I pretended to know his cousin. <laughs> I brought this on myself. Cal, what did you make of the teaser? I thought it was really exciting. I was really. I thought she looked even more hardcore than Ray. I was like, she looks. She looks a little bit uh, more well fed than Ray, which I liked. She looks stronger, um, and I really like Mon Mothma. And I loved Ben Mendelsohn whipping around in a white cape. Oh. Give what it up for the white cape. Ah. But, I, but this is, I must be in mum mode because I was like, oh, the hem's getting really dirty in that water. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, it, it's such a weird thing of um, to be an adult nerd. It's just like, look how badass Ben Mendelsohn is. He doesn't care if his cape gets wet. Yeah. <laughs> the next scene is just him just drying it with a hairdryer, just behind the <laughs> scenes. <laughs> You got you to think about what you're going to say before you start, all right? <laughs> That's a tip from me, straight from, from fake George Lucas himself. I love that one. And so, you know, I, we were talking about before, I'm the music director at my church, and people always want their, oh, wouldn't it be great if we could have the kids do something on for Christmas Eve or whatever? And kids are wild cards. You, you never know how it's really going to go when you get one or two kids and stick them in front of an audience. And man, that kid killed it. It was so great. Yeah, he was very, he had to be, he had to be sent out to, there's a, there was a little room uh, in the pub there just at the side with glass, glass windows. It was where the smokers go and he had to be sent out there after a while because he just was getting a bit, a bit too. So his mum gave, Cal gave him an an iPad and sent him out there. (laughs) So it was quite funny to, to, to send him out for a little while. You know, kids are great, um, but they, you know, they, they can't last a whole hour and standing, sitting there talking about Star Wars on a podcast. Right. Right, unless you let them do all the talking, which is yeah. <laughs> that's what my little girl would do, man. Oh, I I remember I couldn't wait until she learned how to talk. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> would have been all right if she held back. <laughs> I'm kidding, man, but she she does spin a yarn, much like her dad. So I guess she comes by it honest. But <laughs> right, she'll start her own. She'll have the junior podcast coming soon. That'll be great. I, I've thought about having her on on the bad motivators or something like that, just to get her take on star Wars. We did a little video after, um, 
I on Twitter, Stephen Stanton does this thing to you know for the Starlight Children's Foundation where yep. he gives away signed Admiral Raddus three and three quarters. You won something, didn't you? Did you yeah. win something? Yeah. And so I got to talk to him on the phone. And while we were talking, I was telling him, you know, yeah, my kids and they they really like the voice work you've done with like Colonel Mieber Gascon from the Clone Wars and stuff like that. And so he sent some some pictures, some printed some prints of the, the characters he's done and signed them. And so we did this little video with that where I interviewed Stella and it's on YouTube. It's really good, man, where we talk where we talk about you know who's this guy and what does he sound like and and who are we who are we supposed to say thank you to again and it was it turned out great man she's such a natural thought yeah i should do a show with this kid she's she's a blast yeah yeah do a small short one yeah you could do a mini one yeah maybe i'll do that you know as a special special one-off like i did with my wife this past christmas just to get her take on it because i did i took stella to see the last jedi on New wow. Year's Day. And, you know, I was a little worried taking her. I knew from a yeah. content standpoint she'd be okay. But, man, it's a long movie. She's five years yeah. old. She was wow. a, a champ about it. Had a great wow. time. So, and looking back, I should have interviewed her right after and asked it, her what it she comes thought. To par- it comes down to parents' education there. That's, uh, you know, that's, that's you know, you give up the hype and give, them, give her the toys and stuff. That's fantastic. <laughs> She took yeah. her little Forces of Destiny Princess Leia doll with her nice. to the movie. Oh nice. my gosh, it was adorable. So wow. cute. <laughs> Fantastic. So, okay. So the last episode that you have here on the list, and this was a great one too, man, was episode 162 with details. And this was the, let's see, second episode he was on. Is that right? Because yeah. he, yeah. he, was, he was on episode 100 from Celebration yeah. London. And... Yeah. And then this one, it's so cool, like all the work that he's done. And uh, tell yeah. me, tell me about this one. Uh, so I really uh, details uh, fantastic. I mean, he's such a great storyteller, isn't he? he? Just the way he can tell and pu- and he puts you as though you're there in experience what he experienced. He's just the detail, which is ironic, that he, uh, <laughs> excuse the pun, that he has in the um, in the stories that he shares as though he was there yesterday. And as he said, it was a couple of years ago. And I don't know whether he wrote them down or uh, has an excellent memory, but every every bit he, he an emotion that he went through. Um, so he, he played slow and low. And he's very, very humble of what his involvement is in the movie, um, you know, to the point that the story, the story he gives when he asks Ryan if he can speak in the movie uh, and, and have the, you know, happy he has the nerve to ask him. By the time we got back to the UK, I finally did ask Ryan and he said, oh, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, no problem. And like I said before, when you understand how they work in, in, in Lucasfilm and, and stuff like that, when I asked that question, first of all, I was like, yes, I asked him. It sounds like it's high school over again, trying to like ask <laughs> someone on a date. <laughs> Ryan, yeah, Ryan. Ryan um, I, I think the world of you, I'm loving to be in the movie. Can, can I speak in your movie, please? I, w- I would like to open my mouth in your movie, please. 
may I? <laughs> no? And so um, I was thrilled more about that than him saying yes, because I know that it's going to be months, let alone a year, before the movie even comes out. And by the time it all gets to the States, that might all change and so on and so forth. So I was just happy that I built up the nerve to ask him. Um, if he had said at the time, either that, that how about this? Either I'm going to do the vocal as Ryan, or um, I'm going to get my buddy Joseph to do it. If he had said that to me at the time, <laughs> you know, I would have said, just go with it. <laughs> go with it, please. Please, either one is good for me. Just go with it. You know, so, so when we're getting closer to the film coming out, and I still hadn't found out my character's name, you know, or anything, or even if I was still in the movie. Right. Then, then I was talking to um, one of the dressers, um, this, one of the assistants to my Kaplan, um, Samantha, and she said, I'm sure Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing your voice. I was like, say what now? Where, where did you hear that? Right. In fact, I put her on hold right? and I just went and Googled as much as I could find. And um, lo and behold, I found um, his, his post on Twitter or something like that. And I was like, oh, wow. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is doing the voice of one of my characters. Then I'm like, hang on a second. He's named after a Beastie Boys song. my mind is going insane right i'm going oh my goodness and then to top it off people started thinking that it was joseph gordon levitt actually making the cameo hey let's just settle down (laughs) with this details in the house you just get to see you don't even get to see me or hear me but i'm in the movie and he's so excited just to be a part of it and just to experience that. And I just think, man, you know, that that just shows a true Star Wars fan, you know, just to have experienced it. Forget about what comes out at the end of this on the film. So that was that was really, you know, that, that episode was really exciting. Yeah, with, with details. And he, and it kind of reminds me of um, Corey D. Williams. His right. his take on it too, and just how into being in the movies yeah. they were, yeah. and what the experience meant to him, and how cool it still is. But with D, now he did a call in show, and like listen to his stories about Rogue One, and like him talking about what it was like being on the Millennium Falcon, and of course, I'm so glad Steele asked him first thing. So you, you did you use the bathroom? Yeah, <laughs> there's got to be one. But that's another one of those things where it's so great to see somebody who's that into Star Wars. Because I feel like that's how I would be if I were ever given the chance. It's like, oh my gosh, just I'll be one of those guys that gets blown up and in a stormtrooper <laughs> armor and, and nobody would ever know, but I would know. And that's all that, all that matters to me. It's interesting because when you're on set, you probably have no idea, and especially if you're in a costume you can't see, you have no idea what's going to happen, what's going on. And until the movie comes out, you actually don't know, A, if you're in there at all, and secondly, what happens to your character and you get a surprise like everybody else. So I guess it's it's that, as you said, it's that point of being in there and just experience the day or the number of days that you're in there, knowing that you're part of this bigger whole movie franchise and and just experience that day and 
that that's an amazing that'd be an amazing experience. Now, let me ask you: Do you have what you would consider your most favorite episode of Steel Wars? Oh, um, I, no, I don't have one. I don't have one because I think it's just there's there's a, a, a number. They're just all very good. It depends on what what I'm after, you know. And and I, no, I, I wouldn't have one particular one that I could think of. Yeah, I'm that way with podcasts, and I'm that way with music. Somebody asked me, what's your favorite rock band? It's <laughs> like, oh, man, I mean, well, I like this band because of these things, and this band, and it just depends on which way the wind's blowing as to what I want to listen to at any given moment. So I totally get it. Actually, I'm wrong. I, I make a mistake. The Strata Wars are, wars are the best ones, so I'm <laughs> sorry. I, I should have said that first. <laughs> yeah, too late, man, too late, but it's okay. <laughs> it, it's all right. But this one, this one, I people will definitely, definitely say that about it because this has been a great episode, man. You did. You picked some great episodes, and and I, I really, I really like your outlook on it, and the fact that, that you were at two of the episodes in your list just <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> one of these days, Hopefully. it's going to be my day, man. Yeah, yeah, I hope so. I really do for you. Yeah, that would be great. Well, Darren, yeah. thanks so much. I really appreciate it. It's been great having Eric, you on. It's it's wonderful, and I, I thank you very much for doing these. I think this is really good. We we the fans of Steel Wars get to get to have a little bit of our. So I know there's the call in shows and what have you, but we get to have a nice chat with you. And uh, you're doing a fantastic job with this. And and you you know your work online and the other podcasts are great. I think you're a real real good trooper for all this. Well, thanks, man. That means a lot. I really do appreciate it. Yeah, keep up the good work. Oh, thank you. There we go, man. Another episode of Strathers Wars. I really appreciate Darren coming on, and I think it's super cool that he went all the way back to the very first episode of This Is Not The Podcast You Are Looking For. <laughs> it, it is a great episode. If you are a Patreon supporter and you would like to be on an episode of Strathers Wars, all you got to do is reply in the comments section of the Patreon post for this episode. I'll reach out to you and we'll figure it out. And if you're not a Patreon supporter, come on, you're missing it. You're missing out. We can take care of that right now. Just go to patreon.com slash steelwars. And for just three bucks a month, you can have access to the entire back catalog of the Steel Wars podcast. It's the best three bucks you could ever spend. Seriously. If you want to hear more about what I do, you can check me out on my podcast, The Bad Motivators, a malfunctioning Star Wars podcast. And also each week on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network's very own The Sith List. Anyway, until next time, I am out of here. And may that force be with you. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much, but when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you.